everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, uh, except for Michael Elgin. What a dumb cunt. And yes, I did drop a C-bomb right at the start. I rest assured there might be one or two more later on. Probably not. My name is Luke. I am your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Andy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Hey, my name is Mr. Andy, and, you know, it's always nice to hear the C-word, right? out of the gate you know because i mean that's just we we just want everybody to know we're fucking fired up this is the g1 and yeah. this is like the biggest time of the year for us this is amazing other than wrestle kingdom i think this is maybe the second biggest thing we do and so this is our third year uh covering it and i'm pretty excited so far so good i am absolutely pumped up to talk to g1 i can't wait but there are ways people can contact us if they wish to we are uh, available for emails on voice emails neveropenpod at gmail.com hey and wherever the tweety come join us i'm at grumpy2eb mr guy is at drucifer tweets and we are collectively at neveropenpod we also have a teespring store buy our shit look never as fuck during the g1 do it we also swear be aware of that uh if you aren't already <laughs> you should be yeah yeah all right, there is one major piece of news, uh, and it's Yudo Nakashima. He's missing shows due to his arm injury. So I feel sorry for that young lion. I hope he's able to bounce back and continue to be one. But uh, who knows? Two, two arm injuries as a young lion. That's uh, out. That's all good. Here's what, well, here's what you do with him. So let's say this arm thing continues to be an issue, but like nothing that keeps him out of the ring for too long. And then he can do like the cowboy Bob Orton deal where he like broke his arm, but he has to keep the cast on, you know, because of doctors. And so, you know, he'll, or the Lex Luger thing where he has like the robotic arm, you know, there's like a, a steel plate <laughs> in there, you know, like that kind of thing. I think the arm thing could work for him one day if it, you know, if it won't stop breaking. Well, if he needs robotic shit for his arm, Mr. Alex C might be able to help him out. The Android. That's right. The Android probably has a couple like spare uh, uh, cyborg parts or whatever you call that laying around. Uh, a positronic bl- brain. He probably <laughs> just has one of those laying around, right? Definitely. He must do. Hope he's got an emotion chip. And you, <laughs> oh, my more- God. Dude, the Orville. Did an emotion chip episode. Oh, shit. And, I mean, it's really good, but, like, it's like, really? Okay. Oh, wow. We love TNG. Let us us show you all the ways. All right. So, there was always, also, just a couple preamble things before we go to the fireworks factory. That is the G132. There was a Forbidden Door documentary. Uh, Mr. Andy and I both watched it. And it was more... People just talking rather than absolute documentary style. Uh, and that's fine. It's good. I like seeing Sting talk about, you know, the WCW days. I like the Weed Regal doing the same, all this kind of stuff. But it is on New Japan World if anyone wants to watch it. And New Japan is not usually the, the, the guys to break kayfabe and show you the ins and outs of how a show like this is going to be made. So that's okay. But if you want, like, 30 minutes of people just going, this is really cool, then, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, they made it seem like it was going to be like uh, the the preview that they put out made it seem like it was backstage footage, you know, just because it was different camera angles of all the stuff that's going on. Oh, it must be new stuff, you know. But no, it's just dudes sitting in chairs going, yeah, sure did wrestle. 
the rest of us was the goods. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I love the Steve, you know, William Regal stuff's awesome. The Sting stuff's awesome. And uh, other people talk too. But it's just funny because, I mean, the only person that isn't just sitting in a chair is Clark Connors, who actually does a little walk and talk where it's like, it's actually voiceover uh, and then him yeah. walking. But most people are just sitting in a chair. So he at least gets an action shot. That's pretty cool. That's that's indeed true. It's funny because I, I feel like I found out more backstage stuff of how that show was put together by listening or watching the uh, AEW media scrum, which happened uh, immediately after Forbidden Door. So, you know, there's deets out there if anyone wants to chase them. But yes, that was the Forbidden Door documentary. It was fine. And there was also something else we watched before the G1, which we won't spend too much time on it. I know we spent a lot more time on the Juniors press conference, but hey, uh how we do the shows is different depending on how New Japan releases them and shit. So uh, we're not going to spend too much time on it. It was a pretty decent press conference. There were flight delays, so Lance Archer, Tamatonga, and El Fantasmo were not in attendance. But I will tell you, if I have to talk about one person's speech in the entire press conference, it is El Fantasmo's, who was not even there. Uh, his, his fucking thing was hilarious. He made Chris Charlton read out read out this thing to uh, all the American, all the American Western wrestlers were laughing their heads off as uh, Chris Charlton's reading this out. And then, uh, then the woman who's doing the Japanese translation reads it out in Japanese. And then you see, start, start seeing some of the Japanese wrestlers start laughing well, as well, except for Shingo, who is not amused. No, funniest, Shingo is not happy. Yeah. The funniest part of it though was, uh, uh, Charlton had to read out the words, uh, especially long phallus. Right. And then when, well, the, when the woman went to translate that to Jap- Japanese, she would not read that part. And right. Charlton had to come back and read the naughty word bit. That shit was pretty cool. Luke. But, you know, okay, so you watch one of these press conferences, and every year we watch it. And last year, we were introduced to the greatest song of all time because this is usually when the theme song plays and we get to hear it three billion times, right? So last year we had the greatest song ever, which is Max the Max. And um, you just heard that because we can't, that's just the G1 intro for this this show until they say we can't do it anymore. So, I mean, it was slightly edited. I hope you guys enjoyed that, but we're going to stick with Max the Max for our intro song. But Luke, what did you think? of above the max the new song by guys that did max the max uh jam project i like it i mean i feel like they captured lightning in a bottle with max the max (laughs) so i also also like max the max is on spotify so it's easy to get a really good version of that song to play at the start of a show or something like that or play around with it whatever that's true you know give us some time we might use the next one but i think it might be funny if we just use last year's it's good um the only problem i had with the press conference playing the music is they only played the start every single right. time on a loop so i was just like can we play the full song here nope restart because tanner's coming out can we play the full song nope restart because tanner's coming out nope restart because kent is coming out oh it was, it, was, it was a little annoying but i do like well, the song if you i like remember- it more than sort of glory really okay i I love sword of glory because of how stupid it was you know but uh i think that the problem here is that max the max obviously like you said lightning bottle it's one of the best songs ever written and like max the max is hitting you over the head 
with shit that makes you pop like over and over and over again right and this new song has like two parts that are like okay yeah all right that's pretty cool but like for the most part it has a very strange thing i do want to mention though is at the beginning it's almost like the beginning of the song slow ride by fog hat but like faster and it's even got that all like right. fading in like fading in vocal thing that's really funny and and that's what i've noticed about jam project they just take what they like about other bands and they just put it together in a new thing that's their own and then they try to they put the word max on it one thing i wish uh they did is put more english in it it needs because yeah because uh fighting with a real sword sure the first time i saw it made me laugh my ass off but for the rest of that tournament, uh, you know, fighting with the real sword, yeah, and I was excited yeah. for the G1. So yeah. I don't mind a bit, bit more uh, English in our songs, uh, Japanese guys. It's, it's just, it's cool. We're not making, we're making fun of you. We're, we'll laugh, but laughing with We're making you. fun of you, Lily. Yeah, that's we're right. Not la- we're not laughing at. We're laughing with. Yeah, that's damn straight. So that's pretty much all the stuff. That's the, uh, there's the press conference. There's also all that stuff. Uh, we also have the funny thing of uh, uh, the big bull dumb dumb. That's uh, Elgin with his stupid shit, which made me fucking laugh. And uh, I just had to call him out at the start. So that's awesome. He's denying it, by the way. Yeah, supposedly he was arrested <laughs> in Japan for stealing protein powder. And like right. they had him in jail and he had to like miss. They had to like vacate the tag titles he had in Noah and I mean, really, the part that relates to our show is that it's just fucking funny because everybody was like, don't don't use that guy. And Noah's like, no, we know better. <laughs> and it just shot themselves in the foot, which is what you, you, know, do, you know. You know, it's funny to me, Miss Sandy. All right. So Japan, unlike a lot of uh, other countries, it's one of the few countries that are like, I don't know, 90 something percent just Japanese. It's mostly Japanese people in Japan. So you would think some big bulky burly white dude with bald head and fucking muscles out the wazoo geez i wonder if he stands out i wonder if people are going to notice him in shops i wonder if people are going to be staring at him as he looks around and steals some fucking stuff what an idiot dumb shit and oh all right let's let's go to the fireworks i'm sure i'm sure it was a misunderstanding luke i'm sure yeah you know, He's a fucking dumb is, right? We know it. All right, so let's 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 do it, Mr. Andy. Yeah. Can uh, we tell you where we're at? Yeah, where are we? We're in Hokkaido for the G1 32 nights one and two. So, uh, do you have any interesting deets about Hokkaido Prefectural Gym? Prefector. Yeah, I do. The Hokkaido Prefectural. A sports center is where they're at and this is in like Sapporo I think but it's also in Hokkaido which is also in Tokyo or something I don't know it's confusing but anyway this is Sapporo Japan and so um it, this place is an indoor sporting arena obviously and sometimes it's called Kitayel there's also another name for this town the capacity of the main arena is 8000 and it hosted some of the group games for the 2006 FIBA World Championships, which I don't know what that is, but also the 2006. Wait, did you say FIBA or did you say FUBA? Because I, I said, would definitely love to go to a sports event called Fucked Up Beyond Repair. 
No, no, you don't. It's just be terrible. You can't even get in. Everything's <laughs> fucked up. You know. But uh, I, FIBA, I'm assuming that's basketball, but it could be soccer, football, or whatever. But also, Luke, uh, we're also returning to a place where the 2006 wor- Women's Volleyball World Championship was held, which we've, we've been to other places that had that. And it's pretty cool. This place also is a public exercise gym with treadmills, weights, and weight machines. That's what I loved. Like, my favorite part of the show was uh, in the background of a Carter Cobb just seeing some uh, people on Stairmasters. Uh, there was a little part sponsored off by Three Dads Gym, so Three Dads That's Gym right. sponsoring the uh, gym equipment so people could be like, no, I'm, I'm making all this up. There was well, none of that. <laughs> I thought but, uh, I'll mention this uh, now, and it happens both nights, but Hiromu comes out uh, maybe about five or ten minutes before the feed actually starts, and He's pretty much pimp man for New Japan Strong Spirits. They're, uh, it's a bit of a moneymaker for them. Good. I played it all for two days, and I was just like, yep, that's a mobile game. And they annoy me. Unless they, like, yeah. massage my brain somehow, like uh, Wordscapes or some shit. But uh, give me some money, Wordscapes. I just pimped you out. So, yeah, you know, he's just coming out going, hey, it's a G1 season. Yay. And I'm like, you're not in it, though, and you're not in any matches. But, you know, he's pimping strong spirits. Okay, cool. He's there. He's the hype man. He's hyping everybody up. He's running around like a maniac. Last, uh, like, at this night two, there was, like, a three-minute section of just him dancing. Just (sighs) dancing. You know? And the crowd's like, all right. Well, you know, we're here one makes him feel like dancing, yeah. I mean, it makes him feel like dancing. G1 Gonna dance the G1 away. Yeah, something. I don't know. Um, but uh, yes, but Luke, I this also has like wrestling matches too, right? Oh yeah, and let's start off with a uh, a nice little nasty young lions match. Like I didn't mind this, and uh, you know I think I feel like like you, I'm not 100% sold on Tom Lawler yet, but uh, this was all right. It was Tom Lawler, filthy Tom Lawler versus. Kosai Fujita. And, uh, you know, it's nice, short, it's stiff, it's good stuff. And I, I do like the nasty knee that uh, Mr. Lawler does. He, he pulls the uh, knee pad down because, uh, you know, when you take the knee pad down, it hurts more. It hurts you more, by the way. I don't, yeah, but anyway, that's what he does. Knee to the back of the head, and Fujita's just knocked out and gets pinned. So, yeah. Fine side. Filthy knee, right? Probably. And that was also yeah. supposed to be like a tag match, but and Royce Isaacs was out with Lawler, and that's broken broken arm, young lion broke his arm. Again, not there, so yeah. That's why. So, uh, uh, well, the next match, we had the triumphant return of Jonah Hex and the debut of Bad Dude Tito versus Tito. Young Lion and Toru Yano. And Yano is all scared, you know, because he's in this, in this you know, block full of giants. So he's scared. It's awesome. Bad dude does a blockbuster and it's like just a normal fine blockbuster. And it just shames Yoshihashi like backstage. (laughs) He's peeking through the crowd and he's like through the curtain, like fuck. Now they know what one's supposed to look like, you know? So uh, (laughs) that was burying Yoshihashi. Hopefully he'll retire now. Uh, Jonah Hex pins the young lion after move. That's, it's a power bomb on uh, Ryohai Iwa. Mm-hmm. But yes. All right. So next we got uh, Jado, uh, David Finley, and Tamatonga. And uh, 
their versus show <sighs> Yujiro and Evil with uh, Dick Togo out and about, of course. So uh, you, you see Finley coming out, and I can just see Chris Jericho going, yep, there's another guy ripping me, me the fuck off, because why is David Finley coming out like the pain maker? Just needs the clown maker. <laughs> if he was a heel, I can imagine him just using his jacket to hit people. He's got studs and spikes and shit all over it, everyone. So, yes, it is. Uh, this is six-man. It is what you expect it to be, because there's, like, I don't know, it's Jado's in it. And he's the most pinnable dude in this tag match. <laughs> he gets, of course, you've got to put Jado over strong. He can't just get a big juice. He has to get hit by uh, by Show's wrench or spanner, whatever the fuck you want to call that tool first. I guess a lot of people call Show, show a tool as well. I don't know. But uh, big juice on Jado for the win, of course. It's amazing. Uh, boom, next. boom, boom. <laughs> It's amazing. Um, I'm pretty sure David Finley was rocking that way before. You know what the other lyric, apart from it's amazing, it is, there is? What? It's like, it's amazing. Oh. Boom, boom. Yeah. Well, next we have uh, Kenta and Team T-shirt, which is Chase Owens and Bad Luck Follet. And they're, uh, oh, and they have Juice on their team, Juice Robinson as well, versus Lance Archer. Right, Taka Michinoku and Zack Sabre Jr. Lance Archer in a multi-man tag with Suzuki-Goon. That's pretty cool, man. And so this is kind of a preview match. You get your Fale and Archer shit. They're facing off. Also, Kenta and uh, ZSJ, they got a match coming up. I wonder if it'll be any good. And uh, they're doing all kinds of cool shit. It's awesome. Uh, Taichi Sumo throws Fale on his own with no help from anyone named Lance. And uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kenta is, like, really good preview shit. Like I said, Fale and Archer, they brawl to the back, which is, like, okay, Makabe. And uh, Juice uh, pins Taka after a punch or two to the face. Punch Taka the face. got knocked the fuck out! Is, yeah. uh, pretty much how I call that. <laughs> Debo. Debo is running around knocking people the fuck out, man. I do like Archer right at the start going, do the tweets, too sweet thing and get the fuck out of the rig. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, next we have Team Bishamon, that's uh, Goto and Yoshihashi with their ex six man never champ. Uh, Dude, it's now Yo. Team doesn't even have like the third awesome guy in it anymore. It's like Yoshihashi. At least he's not on the show. Yeah, he's not on the shows. Wow. (laughs) Show is on the shows, but like, uh, we don't need Yo. That's fine. So, so it's Tim Bishamon and Ishii versus Bushi, Shingo, and Naito. I like uh, some of the start here because uh, Yoshi and Shingo trade some forearms and stuff. And, hey, you know, Yoshihashi looks really good at the start. And you and I know exactly why. Because he's getting sold by Shingo. And then Shingo's doing moves back to him. And if you look bad wrestling Shingo... You don't deserve to be wrestling ever in any wrestling organization ever. Shingo can't make you look like a billion dollars. Get out. You're in the wrong business. (laughs) It's a really good match. Are you surprised? Because even in predictable tag matches, because, you know, Bushi is eating this, you know that right away. uh, LIJ are the best at these inconsequential tags. It's just they are. Yeah. So brain buster on Bushi. And that's pretty much like if you, if you have a final tag match right before the block matches start, yeah, put LIJ in it. 
it'll it'll go off. It'll get everyone excited for what's next, oh, yeah. which is what happened. Which is a break. So after this, we get a break, Luke. <laughs> you know what I mean. And I yeah no I I'm just uh, I just wanted to like make a point here because I think this is pretty cool. You know I think <coughs> this is during Best of Super Juniors where they had they had all these tag matches and then they'd have the break and then they'd have another tag match and then they'd have the singles match and it was like oh it was just like wrestling blue balls and so now <laughs> they got to figure it out this is the last tag match then the break then the singles matches with no tag matches before so that was like yeah I was happy about that indeed because after the break we get started with the g1 climax 32 yeah! and we start with a c block match it is hiroshi tanahashi versus toa hanare and it's a good choice for for the start of the, the g1 you've got uh, tanahashi there and it's also hanare's debut they got a bit of beef there's a bit of background between the two men you know uh, hanare toiling away for years under under tanah's shadow and now He's in a he's in a new faction. He's got a new attitude and all this kind of stuff. So it's pretty cool. Not only that, Ref Chumpy's refing this. Ref Chumpy kicks off the motherfucking G1. Marty Asami, baby! Give me a Marty Asami shirt, everyone. I want one! All right, so, uh, yes. I really like this match. Yeah, I know. Hey, if they haven't told us off for putting the Never title on a shirt yet, I doubt they'll mind if we put, like, Marty Asami's face on it. He'd probably be like, no one's ever made me made merch of me before. Thank you. I love you guys. Well, look, in order to sue us for damages, they'd have to prove that we made a profit off of it. Do you reckon Chumpy sells bootleg shirts? <laughs> I mean, what, like Ella Hebner. Hebner's. And he has anyway. a twin brother. Yeah, anyway, Tanahashi does that uh, really cool senton off the uh, middle rope, as he, as he always does. And Hinari does one too. Tanner's going for it. It's like uh, he's, he's not taking Hanare lightly, which is something I, I really appreciate. He's like, all right, this guy's young, he's hungry, he's big, and he's a threat, so I'm going to treat him as such. Like, for instance, two twisted shouts in a row and a sling blade. So Tanahashi's not fucking about. Also, ace is high, but into the ring, which is really cool. There's a high fly flow, but Hanare gets his knees up. Hanare goes for the, I think they call it the Ultimo, uh, which is all the Ultima, which is the full Nelson that he does. I can't hmm. send your emails to us. Uh, it's what that movie is fucking called exactly. But it doesn't. He doesn't quite hit it. Tanner's not tapping out to that anyway. But there's fists, a roundhouse by uh, fists and a roundhouse by Hanare, and he hits the streets of rage. Hanare, two points. Tanahashi, zero. We were saying. Hanare should win this. It's his debut, and Tanahashi won't lose anything by losing to Hanare because, hey, did he lose anything losing to Chase last year? No, and it did a lot for Chase. So this is really cool for Hanare. I really like this match and the start of the G1 so far. What did you think? This uh, Not only does this help Hanare, but this helps every wrestler in the G1 because what happens is, is that this is like they did this last year, I think, too, or... I think it was Yujiro that beat Ibushi maybe in the first match of the G1 or something like that. It's just a good way to start it off with a surprise win because now it's anybody's game. You know, that's kind of the idea. And it does do that to your head a little bit. You know, the rest of the night, you know, kind of helped me figure out who was going to win the rest of the matches and stuff like that for better or worse. But I 
thought this was really smart. I'm glad that Hinari won. I was like, if he doesn't win, what the fuck are we doing? You know what I mean? And I'm glad they finally gave him what he's should have gotten maybe a couple times before, actually. But, you know, they always do that. They'll, like, get a guy and build him up and build him up and build him up and have a face of vet, and he just loses. And it's like, fuck, what's the point? Like, they just did with Yo, where he lost to, to Hiromu. You know what I mean? It just makes him look bad. So I'm glad that Hinari finally got his win. And this match was very good. It was a solid G1 match. It wasn't anything to write home about or anything, but it was a good good match. I liked it. So we, we jump from C block straight into D block. I like how they're doing this, by the way, because we're going to get a lot of G1 matches and it's going to feel like a lot of G1 matches. But in actual fact, all the wrestlers get a bit of a break in between their banger matches. So that's pretty cool. We've got D block now. Will Ospreay versus Al Fantasmo. Let's have you go first this time, Mr. Andy. What did you think of Osprey ELP? Well, I'll take you through this one. We knew this was going to be amazing, and it certainly was. It was amazing. And uh, It's amazing. Know, <laughs> 100 miles an hour or kilomot- kil- kilometers, those out of, per mile, like right out of the I'll gate. allow miles. It's fine. <laughs> miles. <laughs> miles are and faster. With- Will does a bunch of really, really cool shit in ELP counters with a back rake only to get destroyed again. So like ELP isn't up to snuff here. You know what I mean? Like he he gets his chance finally after just kind of just shit in the bed at every chance. He finally gets his big chance and he does like a big, long mirror spot ending in, in like where ELP hits a bunch of chops. And then uh, on the floor and then the top rope, Asai Moonsault, which kind of mirrors, you know, Will's big dive that he hit before. So that was really cool. ELP does a basement drop kick instead of the standing crotch spot. Like usually he's got a guy in the tree of well, runs over, stands on his crotch. No, this time he did a drop kick and then he did the Shibata drop kick. And if we remember, somebody just got that in the face and it was Will just recently just got that in the face. So that was a little sure did. fuck you like that and i can't keep up with all the moves and cool stuff that's going on you know to take every single note but they really there's this really great part i just love this they go for the boo yeah spot but they just milk it into something like really neat because the story is elp doesn't belong and will's going to show him why he doesn't belong right he's you know faster stronger everything and that's kind of the whole point here so uh, it gets really crazy. There's a really, really fast uh, strike dodging exchange that ends in the second rope reverse Spanish fly for me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, sudden death, but no, it's the all for one. Uh, that's amazing. That's like uh, one of my buddy's moves. Uh, uh, Brandon Taggart. Shout out to Brandon Taggart. It's like a kind of like set up for a neck breaker, but instead you turn around and hit a, a, a like a roaring elbow right to the back of the neck fucking did that shit that was awesome uh two insane power bombs from will it one okay this first power bomb we gotta talk about so it's like a liger bomb where it's like a sit out power bomb but there's a little angle to it so the guy you know you're not supposed to land exactly at the same time the guy who is getting power bombs gonna land first in this scenario and just and then it's gonna boom, boom basically well <laughs> instead of like i i don't think i've ever seen anybody do this before um like ELP, they always say when you bump, you're supposed to attack the mat. You know, you're supposed to like try to hit it with your back. 
and ELP is like extending, bumping before he even hits the mat. So it looks like he's attacking the mat as he's getting power. Fucking really cool. It's not. I mean, yeah. I, I just could, I was just like, wow, that's a really cool. Um, all right, so he's attacking the mat. It's amazing. Oh my god, there's a top rope Frankenstein from ELP. He goes for the thunder kiss. Will rolls out of the way, and ELP still goes for it, but but Will kind of keeps rolling. It's not perfect, but it's it's pretty good still. Uh, now it's back and forth. Fast pace builds, uh, building the double downs. Os cutter, but ELP catches him with a backslide for two, and. ELP briefly refs, you know, ref chumpy's there looking cool. And ELP's like, man, I got to talk to this guy. Look how cool he is. So that is enough <laughs> distraction. And Will hits the the blade, not the hidden blade, the blade right through the face. He wins. And <coughs> ELP looked so good in this match. And Will, look, I mean, this was as good as it gets. It was amazing. What'd you think? It was really, it was really cool. Not only that, I love the finish because ELP is definitely the kind of guy, and it's a, maybe it's a heel bullet club thing to be like, that was two? That's bullshit. Bang, he gets a smash in the face pin. <laughs> like, holy shit. So, yeah, and it was really cool because ELP reversed that Oz cutter into that backslide only to get the, the, the uh, unhidden blade right in a freaking mush. This was awesome. I love the Spanish fly. This is uh, Did they have a match a while ago where our major gripe even though it was a good match, was it's too juniory? Was that is that something that happened? Because because we were we were hoping to see more of the heavy side of Osprey. This has that junior stuff in it, of course. You've got Osprey and ELP in the ring, but I feel like Osprey was more a counterbalance using some power moves and stuff like that and to show strikes. hey, yeah, in strikes and the power moves, absolutely. Yeah. So any issues I might have had with that previous match in terms of like. They're not juniors anymore. They can. Do, I'm sure I want to see some of that stuff, but you know, you're in the heavy heavies now. Let's see some of that. And uh, yeah, we got we got some of that. So I, I love this match. Elfin Tasmo is on zero. Will is on two. And I do believe the ending of that match was so good that Chumpy is now at one. <laughs> I, I think at the end of that match you were like Chumpy deserves a point, and uh, I definitely wrote that shit down in my notes because. <laughs> Yeah, he's awesome. But we I got. I mean, he's standing there looking so cool. How can you not talk to him? You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I'd be super distracted if, if you know Chumpy was in my match. I'd be like, dude, tell me about the driving the bus. I can just imagine us at some New Japan like meet and greet, and and there's like all these Japanese dresses and stuff like that. You know, and we're just like, where did, where the chump at? Where the chump at? <laughs> he, he's walking through the crowd just to like because he, he's actually carrying the pizza in or something like that and, and, and like and he gets mobbed by everybody everybody just wants the pizza but you and i want to meet him so yeah he's like uh can you stop talking to me i'm trying to deliver the pizzas but yes here we are we got b block we got red shoes out now we got a b block match we've got sonata versus jay white I'm, yeah! little, I'm a little nervous for this match as i am for every match where I'm like, okay, I know this is going to be a good match. Sonata, could you please lose? And then he doesn't. <laughs> it's it's just, just just how my brain works. I like Sonata, but I guess I just like so many others a lot more. Jade just trolls the whole whole match. In fact, he takes about three powders right at the start because he wants the crowd to start cheering Sonata. Sonata, Sonata, powder. Sonata, Sonata, powder. And he, in fact, in fact, he powders as many times as he needs to 
so he can get the upper hand. <laughs> it just doesn't quite work. And he eventually gets put into the paradise lock. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Boo. Mind you, you know what I find funny? If no one can get get themselves out of the paradise lock, why doesn't he just pin them? But I guess that would just break wrestling. <laughs> well, if you roll them back, if, well, how's he going to pin them? What do you mean? Roll them onto their back. Yeah, but then they're not in the paradise lock anymore. Oh, that's true. But they it's can't really get point. into it. Yeah, all right. The weight of their body is what holds them in the and that's why the yeah. only way to get them out of it is to kick them in the butt. <laughs> that's wrestling psychology, my friend. Come on. Oh my god. And this turns out to be I don't think I've seen Sonata and Jay White have a singles match. And it turns out after I finish watching this singles match, I want them to have another one. Because this match is awesome. We got uh some amazing suplexes by Mr. J. White. There's a gnarly deadlift German up in here, which is fucking incredible. Man, Sonata's doing all this awesome Sonata stuff. Like, he's getting skull ends on. He's going for mood assaults. He misses that. But uh, he's getting he's getting Jay in that skull end and then also trying to get him in O'Connor rolls. And the 2.99999s there. I know we got to breathe with you, Jay, but sometimes, man, it's holding my breath big time. <laughs> I was worried there. Near falls were absolutely amazing. He gets put in a skull end again, but Jay, he keeps searching for the ropes and he can't find them, but he finds the corner. He kind of like runs up the corner and flips over him. Blade Runner and Jay on two points. Sonata on zero. This match was great, but, uh, you know, I was happy to see Sonata lose, so. This is a good start for the G1 for me, Mr. Andy. What do you think? Yeah, I, this is like your just basic, amazing G1 match that you're looking for here. You know, I I did look up. These guys apparently have never faced off in a singles match. That's shocking. That's crazy because their chemistry I, was great. I find that hard to believe. Um, but I guess that's just because, you know, Sonata only wrestles Ibushi, right? So, I mean, like... <laughs> Or Zach Saber Jr. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or Zach Saber Jr. So, um, I don't know, man. But uh, I thought this was amazing. I was a nervous wreck as well. However, I just I felt a little more confident, I think, maybe than than I, I originally said there. I think just because you know Jay is gonna crush it in the G1. Like the only way he could start losing is if he, you know, if it's the people that he's going to eventually face for the title or if it's for a storyline thing, you know, um, but I don't see that happening. I think he's going to win and get almost to the end, just like, you know, just like everybody usually does when they're the champ. Damn. So I think that's going to be pretty good. The match is fantastic. I, I don't know what else to say about it that you didn't cover. It's just like, Watching Jay wrestle with a guy like Sonata, obviously they're both, they can both go as fast or as slow as they want to. And so there's none of that like upsmanship that happens sometimes with Sonata matches, which is good, of course. And these guys, you want to talk about attacking the mat every time they bump, it's just like, bam, you know, and everything looked great. I don't know. I really liked it. Did, uh, did you mention the part about where, like they did the accidental low blow spot. Oh uh, yeah. No, I did not mention that, but uh, Sonata uh, gets his foot up and accidentally catches Jay in the nuts. And so Jay's going, DQ him, ref, DQ him. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and Red Shoes is just that. like, 
yeah, Red Shoes is just like, eh, I know that wasn't, you know, on purpose. So, no, it's all good. Yeah, I think Red Shoes is assuming and, you know, or he makes an assumption. And as we all know, if you make an assumption and, uh, you know, it makes an ass out of you and then an ump will show. (laughs) Also, while I remember that there was a spot in Osprey versus ELP where they're doing exchanges and there's a bit of fumble. What I liked about that is they both realized that and Osprey and him just turn it into a couple pin counters and then they move on. Awesome. So uh, I really like it when you see pros mess up because you see how they handle doing that. And if it's smooth and fast like that, barely notice it. But, you know, i got to write notes and shit, so I notice that shit. Anyway, so Osprey LP, awesome. Hanare, Tanahashi, pretty solid, great open. Sonata J. White, excellent. And here we go. A block. We got Kazuchika Okada versus Jeff Cobb. What do you think of this one? I love this. This is, you know, I don't know if this There's is. something special about Okada versus <laughs> Jeff Cobb, isn't there? I don't know if this is better than Jeff Cobb versus uh, Shingo, but man, it's right there. Right there. You know, this is fantastic. Okada comes out he's got this new gear it's red and gold and it's like the goldest gold you've ever seen you know it's amazing and um right off the bat cop he's overpowering okada he catches okada this is one of the parts that was like i couldn't believe what i was seeing so <laughs> okada's like trying to do something and and basically he jumps uh jeff cop catches him with one arm and does the biggest fallaway slam I've ever seen in my life. He just threw Okada across the ring. <laughs> I've never seen that. That was incredible. Um, so my eyes were open as soon as that happened. I was like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing. So Cobb, he beats up on Okada on the outside and tries a countout win. And Cobb looks uh, better than maybe ever in this match. He just looks incredible. Everything he's doing looks great. Uh, this pairing is obviously gold. I'm thinking this might be uh, his best match yet. I don't. It's definitely the Okada and Cobb's best match yet. Okada tries to suplex Cobb, but he ends up countering with a DVD. Is that or DDT? That's probably more accurate. Uh, <laughs> Okada. Oh, Okada hits the I'm a bitch and a flapjack. Uh, but then this is like, this is kind of cool. I really like this because a board pops up in the middle of the, of the ring, right? And Okada is like running the ropes or something points at it and like lets red shoes know red shoes like oh so red shoes is like karate kicking this thing you know and the two wrestlers are like well we don't want to bump near that so they roll to the outside and start beating each other up on the outside while you know red shoes is karate kicking the board into place so that was pretty cool i really like that and uh, Cobb misses a drop kick and then hits one out of nowhere and it's just fucking incredible he Okay, he pulls Okada's legs while he's holding onto the ropes and sends Okada like flying. He he hits the top rope drop kick and almost hits knocks Okada off the top rope, but it's a, and then he climbs up there cuz Okada's still up there. He's like, "Fuck you, you can't be up there." He's and he hits a second rope uh gut wrench suplex and then the moonsault, the standing moonsault. Oh, the gut God, wrench was amazing. superb. That shit was unbelievable. He goes for a tour but Okada tries a pile driver. Cobb reverses it into his own pile driver and then goes for the second one. But then Okada reverses that into his own pile driver. That is very complicated. 
just a bunch of crazy ass shit. And that was like seven seconds of this match, you know, uh, elbow drop and the rainmaker pose. It's a rainmaker, but no Okada hits a drop kick instead a rainmaker, but no Cobb with his own rainmaker. And it looks amazing. And he hits it so hard. He almost falls out of the ring. Amazing. That was so great. We get the Bouye spot and then a money clip and a spinning rainmaker from Okada, a rainmaker, but no, it's a headbutt from Jeff Cobb. He used the headbutt to save himself a couple times in this match. There's a tour, but no, we get the reverse like Enziguri deal that, you know, like the um uh you know what's the founder of new japan it's it's his fucking Noki. finish yeah noki's finish thank you and uh emerald flosion or some kind of flosion move uh from okada rainmaker for the win okada wins but man you know i mean i don't know luke is this your favorite okada jeff cobb match maybe it's, jeff cobb match period it's definitely up there like also i want to say like if anyone ever does a compilation of the greatest rainmakers they've ever seen. This one has to be in there. The final one, like the final one that finishes the match, because it is gnarly. It's fucking. I mean, they all they all look like they don't tickle, but this one especially sometimes, is just like. Sometimes they're just kind of like you know if he's hitting Yujiro with the rainmaker. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's gonna look like what's gonna look like. But but if you get a rainmaker. Yeah, if you're going to rainmake a Jeff Cobb, you better put the extra stank on it. And that's exactly what Akata did. I feel like every match they do, they build on the previous ones, like, and they do different shit. Like, you'll see Cobb pull out a couple of different kinds of suplexes, or he'll catch him and he won't necessarily do the same move that he did in the previous match, things like that. I loved it. The gut wrench was huge. The four-way slam was amazing. And I don't know, like, it was... It was I just really like the Okada Cobb combo. It's a little one-sided, of course, because uh, you know, it, it is Okada, <laughs> and most people have a bigger loss record than win record against him, unless you happen to be some kind of freak like Jay White. So yes, this match was gnarly. I loved it. Um, that's like the final of the of the block from last year is the start of the G1 this year. As it should be. Yeah, so that's really nice. I can't see Tanner and Akata both losing them on the same night, so, you know, that's fine. But, you know, it's really cool shit. Loved it. Great opening night of the G1. It's just so pumped and excited. Wow. That was a pretty great opening night. It wasn't, you know, in the past, the opening night is like a big fucking deal. And and I they haven't quite done that. You know, like they used to like it'd be like at the Budokan or some giant venue. And it's not quite that way anymore. But man, this is pretty great. You know, we're almost back to that thing where the factions matter so much that you only tag with those kind of guys and, you know, the, that are in your group. And, you know, I don't know. It's it's slowly but surely New Japan's healing. Also, um, I noticed that the crowd was oohing and on this whole night. You know, the second night I listened, I, I like watched with headphones on, and man, I could hear the crowd like the whole night. And so that that's encouraging. It makes me happy. Um, Luke, before we move on to night two, we should probably catch up on Strong. You know, I mean, it's been a while, and people probably kind of maybe want to know what's going on with Strong. It's been a while. Yeah. You know, I, I think that Ian sent us an email where he's going to catch us up on all that shit. What do you think? Hi, Luke and Andy. It is time for another 
New Japan strong review. All right. So I guess that's a yes. Well, uh, well, here we go. Here is, uh, I, that's very ironic that you, you must have listened to his email already, but <laughs> here is, uh, here is uh, Ian's review for the Strongs that he says that he's reviewing on the recording that starts with the now. Hi, Luke and Andy. Sorry I've missed the last few weeks of reviews. Sometimes life just smacks you around a bit for fun. However, I wanted to come back because New Japan is about to head into its most important tournament of the year. It's got New Japan guys, it's got AEW guys, it's got huge burly Australians. That's right, it's the tournament to crown the strong openweight tag titles. Before we get there, I'll run through the weeks I missed. Lawler vs. Rossa was probably Fred Rossa's best match ever. He managed to finally look like a champion just before he became one, and I'd love to see where he goes from here. There's a really fun feud building between the United Empire and the reformed TMDK, and it all seems to be building up to TMDK versus Aussie Open, and possibly Cobb versus Jonah, and all of these things sound good. Oh, and we might be getting Eddie Kingston versus Will Ospreay at some point. Right, onto this week's show where we see the quarterfinals of the Strong Openweight Title Tournament. First up was the factory team of Solo and Comorato against Christopher Daniels and Yuya Uemura. If I sound confused, it's that everything was building towards a Carl Fredericks showdown with the factory, but then he had a tantrum of some kind and, well, clearly plans changed. Instead, we get a fun but slightly weightless opener with three moderate rookies and one of the best veterans in the business. Daniels is finally starting to show his age after timeless decades in the business, but he remains capable of really great ring work. If this match has an issue, it's that it has the word preliminary stamped through it like a stick of Blackpool rock, and while Solo and Comorato are a genuinely fun heel tag team, they don't ever feel like they're winning. And they don't. Daniels and Uemura advance to the semis. Following this, we get Jonah versus Taylor Rust in a battle of two guys who I'm still waiting to impress me. Jonah is starting to loosen up a bit and look like a decent big guy, but there's already other people in the niche he's trying to fill. Taylor Rust is... I'll be honest, I cannot remember whether Taylor Rust is a heel or a face, and I'm not interested enough to check. This is a bit of a lumbering match, but it has its charms. Rust can wrestle well, just not in an interesting way, and Jonah has always had character in spades, he just needs to find what makes him unique. Hopefully the reborn TMDK can help with that. In the end, Jonah wins, as he's the wrestler in the match with a story and a character. Our main event is the second tag quarterfinal, pitting the West Coast Wrecking Crew against TMDK. I've enjoyed Luke's attempt at my accent recently, so I thought, as there is an Australian team in this match, I'd hand over to my Australian cousin, Reno, to review it. Alright, Luke and Andy, this is Reno reviewing the match between the West Coast Wrecking Crew and the Mighty Daniel, and this one's a cracker. Mad Mikey looks like he's got his groove back, Shane Haste has lost all the WWE rust and become a heavyweight who moves like a junior. Meanwhile, Nielsen and Isaacs have become strong men and a pocket rocket. The result is a wild and physical match between two teams who bring out the best in each other. Both deserve to go forward, but Haste and Mikey have the better story, making this a great night for TMDK. Alright, I'm out of here. See ya, mates. Thanks, Reno. 
This was a solid tournament opener with two decent tags. The middle singles match was a bit slow, but you can't have everything, and I always like it when Strong has a point in a story. Thanks, guys, and until next time, keep it strong. How's it going? How's it going, Reno? I can Aussie, 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 mate. Mate, a couple more year nars or nine years, and it would have been fucking perfect. Fucking perfect, bro. <laughs> and that's uh, me just doing my uh, white trashiest Aussie accent that I can. It's uh, what we call white trash here, is commonly referred to as bogan. So that's my bogan accent. So there you go. Bogan Finley. <laughs> that's uh that's definitely a new character actually i think that's the cousin of ian's cousin reno i think that's who that is is bogan finley so uh like me fucking pain make a jacket mate <laughs> chris jericho stole that from me i can't do that accent but yes um that's pretty good i well thanks for catching us up with uh strong ian i mean we were we could, I mean, I didn't know what to do without you. I'm not going to watch strong. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I appreciate it. Thank you for bearing the cross. He bears the cross so we don't have to. And was, was the first night the night that, oh, there is some uh, Kojima news, but uh, it's bad. I don't want to talk about it. That's so good it's, news. Yeah, that's oh, good. Well, I mean, he did lose the title. I, I wanted to see him having a car like run forever, but <laughs> I know All that's right. unrealistic. No. In fact, I was quite happy that, uh, spoiler alert, if anyone hasn't watched Noah or anything, but uh, Kano beat Kojima for the title, and good, because it should be on a Noah guy. It's Noah. Like, what are you right. doing? I mean, I like that Kojima got to cross that off his, like, accolades list or bucket list or whatever, but come on, man. What are you doing? Let's go for the G132 Night 2. How do you, how do you feel about that? Because... Uh, we're in Hokkaido again. Do you have anything? No, I'm joking. You don't have anything else. <laughs> same, same place, you yeah. know, which is uh, the Hokkaido sporting facility with the Prefector thing. Yes. Yes, indeed. And we start off with David Finley and Yoshihashi versus Royce Isaacs and Filthy Tom Lawler. And as soon as this match starts, I feel like I actually turned on New Japan Strong by mistake. <laughs> It feels like a match that is straight out of strong. It's all right. And Finley pins Isaacs. <laughs> but Finley did tag himself in at the end, pissing Yoshihashi off because uh, Yoshi and Finley are in the same block. <laughs> in fact, Lawler is not in a block with either of these guys. So this match is weird. Doesn't make any sense. Finley did take a sweet bump into the guardrail, but uh, it is really hot at this venue like i guess it's you know in europe i guess and it's hot here i guess the world is hot it's really hot right now and so says, um says well, everyone in, but i'm shivering here yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll be you'll be fine um but uh, lawler just like because he's extra sweaty it just makes me just like him less i don't know why it's just like god he looks even more dirty i just don't like him all right so we next we have Fale. And ELP, who was that would be the rogue uh, headbangers, I guess, ah, this yeah. week, uh, versus Lance Archer and Taka Michinoku. So this is a preview between the big men. You know, we get a lot of fun comedy stuff with ELP and Taka Michinoku. He bumps hard for back rakes. Taka does. That's <laughs> just pretty funny. ELP tries to pin Taka after hitting a Michinoku driver, which is like, fuck you. 
ELPs hitting Michinoku drivers on Taka Michinoku. That's fucking bullshit. Sudden death on Taka for the win. I do like that now that uh, El Fantasma is a heavy, Taka's going to sell for him like he's a heavy, including <laughs> back rags. <laughs> yeah, cool stuff. Next, we've got uh, the Empire Boys, the uh, original four. Yeah. Hanare, Cobb, and my still our unofficial leader of the group, the Great Okan versus all four members of the House of Torture, uh, show Dick Togo, <sighs> Ujiro, and Evil. And this is, look, this is a good good match. It's fun. You get to see the House of Torture interact with someone other than fucking Chaos. <laughs> Holy shit. Shows in a match without Yo on the outside. Oh, my God. <laughs> look, I, I didn't write too many notes about this match, but I... I would be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, Osprey gets put in the ab stretch by Yujiro, and he reaches back, grabs Dick Togo's hand. Well, Osprey reverses that, forcibly grabs Dick Togo's arm, who's trying to pull away, thus making the ab thing actually work. And then Osprey just yells out, hey, Cobb, we need a bigger stretch. So Cobb, Jeff Cobb picks up Dick Togo and just pulls him to make the stretch look bigger. It is Fucking hilariously awesome. And I, I'm glad that people are playing around with this abdominal stretch business because it's a funny spot. It's entertaining. Well, then the ref starts counting, <laughs> so, so they have to let go, which makes Cobb just drop Dick Togo straight down on the floor, which is great. That was like a little punchline to that that joke. That was pretty good. I don't need, don't need to carry this uh, giant dick anymore. I'm just going to drop it. <laughs> It's really cool stuff. But yes, the Ultima, Ultimi, Ultimo, whatever the fuck. Full Nelson on Dick Togo for the win. You ever play Ultima? Ultima Exodus on the computer? No. Oh. Mm-hmm. Not that old, huh? All right. Well, uh, that's a thing. Which, by the way, I do always love the thing in, in wrestling when a heel's like, put me down, put me down. And the red, like, okay. And then they fucking slam them. They're like, not like that. You know, that's always funny. So, uh, wasn't there a moment like that in the uh, Taka Archer match? Because Taka just gets um, scoop slammed onto onto ELP, but ELP moves out of the way. Right. Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. All right. Next, we have Jay Huito and Chase Owens with Gato versus Tamatanga and Jado. Oh my God, it's Jado's revenge, right? There's gamesmanship from Bullet Club and they take control. Heat on Jado. He fires up. And, oh, boy, here we go. The crowd's behind him. He's just taking, like, five minutes to fire up. Here we go. What's he do? He hits a shorter tackle and tags out. <laughs> Fucking lame as fuck. And uh, Chase Owens pins Jono after seat trigger. That was lame. Yeah. I guess they, they, they I guess they want to save some stuff for later. But I don't know, man. But uh, next we have what uh, the New Japan Tweety called a dream team. And I'm like, do you mean Bushi, Sonata, and Naito? Because Goto's on the other team. I don't know if I'm having yeah. dreams about that team. <laughs> but it is it's Bushi. the dream team with Goto. <laughs> dream team featuring Goto yeah, uh, also versus Goto. Bushi, Sonata, and Naito. So Okada, Tana, Goto, yeah, we all know who's in this. This is great stuff, of course, because it's an LIJ fucking tag match. And, of course, you've got Okada and Tanahashi on the other side of it. I like this match. It's really cool stuff. You know, Goto's there too, I guess. 
And you know how the, the previous match, you're just like, oh, that's Helen Martinez. That's kind of lame. There wasn't much to that. Well, Tanahashi, on the other hand, is going like, oh, this is just a shitty tag match. It doesn't mean anything. Uh, I'm just going to high fly for you, this motherfucker right here. <laughs> and he does high fly for on Bushi. So, fantastic. <laughs> now, Luke, before we get to the singles matches, I do want to mention, this is very important. I don't know if you saw this yet, but, you know, normally in between the like uh, the commercial part, they'll show a commercial for the video game and then there'll be like a little video segment. And it used to be years ago, it was Hanma and Suji and they were being taught by, by uh, <laughs> Taguchi or whatever. That was awesome. And then it was Makabe teaching a class about wrestling. Well, now it's a new one, you know? Um, and it's featuring Tanahashi and Makabe, the greatest actor who ever lived. And they are like, toys that are delivered to some woman's home but they're but they act like they're cats or something it's really weird they're covered in fucking toilet paper and shit too yeah. by the way why is macabre in all of these ads is it easy is it easy is it in his contract because i remember when they were doing the card game and it would be like uh osprey on the first half of it going hiromi's crazy and he's gonna make everybody else just as crazy <laughs> yeah. and, and then you've got macabre going dream watch synced and I thought his name of the group called Dream Watch Saint sounded like three random words just thrown together, which made me okay. made me say to you at the time, wait, did Makabe come out with the name Great Bash Heel? Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they, they're frolicking together in what looks like nappies and toilet paper or something. Yeah. And then they're like in a box, like they're a cat, and then they're just like laying on the shelf, like they're it's like they're giant toys or something. So you know that does remind me of the uh, you know Twilight Zone episode, like five characters in search of an exit. <laughs> I think that's the one where it's like all these like characters, and one of them's a you know a, a army man, and one of them's a doctor, and one of them's a, a little girl, and but they can't, they're just. They don't know where they're at. They're just in this void. It turns out that they're toys in a donation box. Ah, gotcha. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. On the Twilight Zone. <laughs> well, yes, that is a bizarre commercial. And the, the, the ladies are eating noodles. I think it's also Strong Spirits somehow. I don't – who cares? I don't play that. But uh, let's start with the B-Block. Let's start yeah. the B-Block matches tonight. It's Ishii versus Taichi. I think it's pretty nervous for this match. So, Andy, what did you think of Ishii versus Taichi? Um, this is one of my favorite matches I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I love this. I love this. This was so awesome. So, of course, the honorable ref chumpy Marty Asami is presiding, as he should be. We get the full Miho Abe entrance. She has cat ears and a little Taichi doll that's riding around on her shoulder. It's a doll. Wow. That sure is something. And then, so Taichi's trying to take his jacket off and get ready for this match. And Ishii's like, fuck you, dude. And just walks up and slaps the shit out of him. I mean, like, holy. And Taichi is not happy. He's like, well, fuck you. So Taichi, once the bell rings, he slaps the shit out of, out of Ishii. And, you know, they just immediately start like halfway through the match. You know, normally this the stuff that happens at the beginning of this match would be like halfway through, and that is that Taichi like slaps the shit out of Ishii. Ishii's down, and then he starts doing the shitty kicks. You know, like, whoa, you little bitch, what's up? What's up? You can't, you know, like kicking him in the head and stuff, and it's just great. 
So Ishii, you know, uh, Chumpy actually has to save um, Ishii a few times, you know, to make sure that he, it, like, or no, it's the other way around. I don't know. He's trying to save somebody. I can't, my notes are confusing here. And then we get, we get shitty keeks from Taichi. Like I said, Chumpy has to check on Taichi. That's what it was. Um, because we get a whole big reverse spot, you know, mirror spot where they do the same thing. All right. So we get, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, this is where uh, Tai Chi and Ishii are going back and forth, and Ishii just starts screaming Tai Chi's shoot name and talking shit, and everybody's like, "Oh my god!" And that was amazing. Tai Chi starts it's fucking amazing. Ishii up, and he, I've been saying that a lot tonight. Uh, he takes the pants off it's and awesome. just throws them in Ishii's face. He's like, "Fuck you! There's no pageantry tonight. You don't want to let me take my jacket off. I'm gonna take my pants off and throw it in your face." And this, it's. Like, this is where it gets never as fuck, where it's just like every <laughs> move is like, oh, my God, are you OK? Like an awesome, like the greatest one ever delayed superplex from Ishii. That was incredible. And oh. then they exchange lariats, but they're like that all Japan style lariat where it's like, oh, that's not that hurts. Definitely. You know, Taichi catches Ishii with a sweet forearm for a big double down. We get an absolutely insane last ride powerbomb from Ishii for a near fall and a double down dangerous suplex for a near fall and they're like getting into magic time Taichi goes for the buzzsaw kick but Ishii hits a drop kick which is not normal uh everyone's doing drop kicks tonight and then yeah. Taichi hits hits his <laughs> own drop kick which is great German suplex but Taichi's right back up crazy all Japan style lariat but Taichi kicks out at one Axe Bomber and Ishii's down. Bridging dangerous suplex for two, Luke. Bridging Nolly, dangerous suplex. Yes. Ishii's bleeding from game. the mouth. And we get the fucking um the uh the throw. All right, but Ishii's right back up. Shoulder tackle and an insecurity. We get a sliding D for two. The crowd's going fucking insane. Brainbuster, but no! Taichi insecurity and he headbutts Ishii. The best forearm I've ever seen in my life. And then Black Mephisto and Tai Chi wins. I love this so much. The finish was amazing. Everything about the match was great. Ah, great. Tai Chi and Ishii also have an amazing story. I, I don't know if Tai Chi... I'm pretty sure Tai Chi's beaten Ishii before, but I'm all pretty sure this is the first time Tai Chi has beaten Ishii with no cheating. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing but never as fuck shit. Like, that's what... And, uh, the story has always been Ishii wanting to just do something, anything to be like, I want fucking strong style Tai Chi and I want him now and I want to bring out the best of him. That's always been like that underlying story between these two men. So to have Ishii at the start of this match just walk up and just bitch smack this guy and be like, come on, motherfucker, let's go. <sighs> it's amazing. They wrestled <laughs> a bunch of times. They wrestled like like five times, I guess, against each other. So I don't know the records, but I know that they're awesome. And that was it, that match was it, so great. Not only awesome, I feel like this is their best one because uh, this is just like, there's no cheating. It's just like Tai Chi. This is face Tai Chi versus, well, whatever Ishii is. He's a dog, dog man. So he's, who cares what alignment he has? <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, you just want to see him single out some poor motherfucker, just beat him up. But I loved this match. This was kind of 
like as I tweeted this out, this is wrestling heaven for me. Taichi versus Ishii is a matchup that you and I are just like, <gasps> yes, yes, please. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I for some reason I just I, I expected Ishii to win. He's usually at like this. I don't know what I was about to say, but I was so happy that Taichi won. Uh, I think he, he he deserves to have a nice little G1 run, and uh, I'd like to see it. So big win for Taichi. Big face win for Taichi, I'd say, as well. I love this match. There's so much cool shit in it. This is a match that, like, I'll be like, oh, I feel like watching some Taichi Ishii. I wonder what match I'll put on. Oh, yeah. I'll put this on. Oh, yeah. For real. This, this, yeah. Well, and this was so much better than, and no offense to the first, night one, but night one's first match, the first match that G1 was, like, a good, solid match, but it wasn't this. You know what I mean? Was, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, this was, like, already this night's kind of like, hey, we're not fucking around here, you know? And no, there no. won't be any fucking around in this next match. All right, speaking of fucking around. Uh, what? <laughs> we have A Block and we have Toriano versus Jonah. Just want to say something first. Like, all right, I understand that someone has to wrestle Yano first. But uh, now I'm about to look at the A Block here just so I could. I would have preferred maybe if he, uh, Yano, I mean, had wrestled someone like Cobb or a Carter first, maybe Archer, maybe someone that we've seen him interact with before. Uh, it's because this is Jonah's first G1 match, and I kind of <laughs> wanted to see him some, do some shit. You know what I mean? I mean, he doesn't lose anything by losing to Yano. I mean, it, it's a it's a fun Yano match style match. That's fine. But it's also Jonah's big, like, debut in the G1. So, yeah. I just wanted to point that out. And did, and was, am I unhappy or disappointed or anything? No. But someone had to wrestle him first. And, you know, luck of the draw, I guess. Like, uh, so uh, the match itself. Yano goes <clears throat> for a <laughs> goes for an early pin and fails. And Jonah reaches in and pulls tape from trunk. So Jonah's no dum-dum. He's been watching some wrestling. He knows what Yano's like. Which is cool. There's a uh, bad dude Tito getting involved, so he's coming out with Jonah. It was okay. I think the problem is I felt it was maybe a little long. Uh, Yano does win by a low blow and a count out, which I I'm like, yeah, that's fine, that's funny. Hey, he's the ultimate wild card, like uh, Charlie in that episode of uh, Always Sunny. Wild card, sure. bitches. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's good. It's fine. Uh, Someone had to wrestle Yano first. I mean, I like all the other matches better. So it is what it is. Yano on two, Jonah on zero. What do you think? I love this. I thought this was fun. Nice. It was a, a good Yano match. The second that I thought it was getting too long, it ended. You know what I mean? So it was like, oh, this is almost perfect timing. And like, I don't know. I thought it was fun. I mean, I don't think that Jonah Hex and Bad Dude Tito are like <coughs> highly skilled at comedy wrestling necessarily in this particular style. Um, but this is a very specific style. So why would they be? This is the first time he's had a chance to wrestle Yano. It was funny that he found tape on Yano at least once, maybe twice, I think, uh, because, you know, he was he was like, hey, tape. Where's the tape? And he found tape. So come on, Chumby, um, what are you doing? Mate? Do your job. That means that oh, it's not his fault. Yano's going to hide something from you. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't blame Chumpy. Yeah, I know. Why is this tape brown? You don't want to know. You know, so I was glad that Chumpy uh, 
did wrap this match. I'm surprised that the wrestlers weren't so distracted with him just being in there, of course. But you know, <laughs> I mean, you, you got to have, you know, you got to have Chumpy. You got to use him, you know. So uh, I thought this was pretty cool, too, because the crowd is like rumbling uh, at one point. Uh, Jonah Hex went up to the top rope like he was going to do a move off the top rope maybe to the outside or something. The crowd was like, you know, they're like, it's like a, like a slow crescendo, you know, and, and the crowd was about to lose their minds. If he was going to jump <laughs> off there, that was pretty cool. Cause I just, like I said, I was watching, I was watching this with headphones on and they're like nice headphones and it's nice and clear and I can hear everything perfectly. And you can really hear a lot more talking than I, you know, normally would, especially from the crowd. You know, I can hear people just like, you know, which I normally wouldn't be able to hear, uh, you know, just through my TV speakers. So it's pretty cool. I don't know. I like I like this. I thought this was fun. Yeah. All right. So next we have C block action and we have Zach Saber Jr. Did I do that right? Yes. Versus. Yeah. That's good. Kenta. Fucking right, Kenta. Yeah, fucking Kenta. I don't think the, the official New Japan voiceover guy says fucking, but it sounds better. All right. I, I want to hear all the love for this match start to finish before I, I jump in. I like this match. I just do what I do want to point that out first. But Mr. Andy, go. Zack Sabre Jr. Kenta. Okay. So apparently there's a storyline here where I guess these guys have wrestled before and there's, you know, some kind of like – teacher student relationship between them two so that, that these two so that's what the story of the match is they're like arguing right out the gate who is the senpai and who is the who's gonna cook for each other they're like you should cook for me you know and and kent is like no you cook for me and he and and zach shaver's just like when you cook for me you gotta cook vegan you know <laughs> it's really, really funny and like so they start trading blows and it looks awesome all the while they're making the crowd laugh with these jokes. It's tremendous. And on the outside, Kent attacks Zack Sabre Jr.'s back and ribs. Uh, all kinds of heat on Zack Sabre Jr. Kent kicks the shit out of him. I mean, kicks the shit. I think I saw poop. It was crazy. It doesn't come out of his butt. It's like he kicked him so hard. There's a ghost of him that astral projected behind him, except it wasn't an astral projection. It was poop. Dude, it was astral poop projected. Yes. <laughs> project poop. Is projectile pooping a thing? I guess it is. So anyway, <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. is saved at times, though, by his grappling, right? So he does uh, a bunch of Canadian leg holds on Kenta and uses the barricade to help him attack Kenta's leg. And Zack starts kicking the shit out of Kenta and do it. He does the knee, the Naito knee breaker on the floor. It hurts way more there, you know, so that was painful. Back in the ring. And it's more leg work on Kenta. They do all the cool mat wrestling moves and then a bunch you've never seen before. Kenta gets some kicks and asks for one from ZSJ. So he sits there like, come on, they're doing the like the Shibata thing. And so they trade kicks and it goes poorly for Zack Sabre Jr. But he asks for one more and it's a ruse and he gets the neck twisty things and starts working on Kenta's arm. That was cool. Uh, they trade off doing awesome offense. Kenta gets a cross face and a bunch of strikes but Zack Sabre Jr. counters with a jumping guillotine and a bunch of other holds. They shit talk each other throughout. It's very, very never. And they go all macho with insane strikes right and left, slapping the shit out of each other. There's a drop kick in the corner and a double stop for two from Kenta. He calls for the get, go to sleep, 
But Zack Sabre Jr. comes back with slaps. And then they slap each other a bunch. Hard. Huh. <laughs> Zack yeah. Sabre Jr. It's pretty awesome. Zack Sabre Jr. counters the gate, grows sweet twice. Uh, and the second time with a rear naked choke. Uh-oh, could be trouble. He's got other holds, and then other holds, and Kenta sends Zack Sabre Jr. into exposed turnbuckle, but it's a knee to the face, and it looks awesome, and then two psycho knees, but he decides to keep pulling Zack Sabre Jr.'s, like, head up. So he's like, let let the ref count to two, and he pulls his head up, like, no, 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 I'm going to teach you a lesson here, right? So he does that twice, but in between doing this, he is beating the shit out of Zack Sabre Jr. So... I don't know. Makes sense to me. And Zack Sabre Jr. counters with holds, and Kenta has to tap out. He fucked up. And, you know, he made a mistake here. He decided, oh, I'm going to teach this kid a lesson at the expense of winning. Whoops. And uh, Second I time the Bullet Club members fucked up like that, too, by the way. That yeah. wasn't – was that just two? Boom. I'm going to pick this guy up. Oh, shit, now i got to yeah. tap. Maybe they should All keep right. their eyes on the road, you know? All right, so – the way you laid it out is good. It makes sense. It's fine. Like, it's, it's a fucking great match. I'm not going to take anything away from the match. It's just, really? The senpai student thing? I ain't quite by. I, I don't know. Why are they? Why are they I, don't, I don't feel like they've always had that kind of back and forth together in, in, in and out of the ring. Maybe I've missed something. Maybe I'm a just big dum-dum. But I, I was just like, this is the G1. What do you? As soon as I saw Kenta do that, I'm, I just burst out. In front of my, uh, in front of Charity Michelle, I just burst out with, "What are you doing?" And uh, then I'm like, "You fucking deserve the tap out there, you idiot!" <laughs> yes, that's it. All right, that's so, the story. He, he I, I think is. I think I was a little harsher on it last night, but you know, I've, I'm, I'm so yeah, you were still, a lot of you were still complaining about it like halfway through the next match. Singo versus Juice, and you had to be like politely. I don't know if you meant meant it politely, but you, I took it like to be like you just guiding me as you do sometimes on the show, being like, "There's another match on, dude." Meaning, you know, shut the fuck up. If you got something to say about this, we'll save it for the show. Of course. <laughs> Thank you. I have to say. I thought so, uh, it was cool. And, and uh, like, you know, just to defend it, even taking another step is that, you know, when they try different stuff, different things for different finishes, we ought to be kind of happy about that because we don't want every match to have the same finish and the same dynamic. You know, it, it's it's matches like this that we'll remember at the end of the G1 that have a story that are like, you know, have a cool ending that has something to do with what happened in the match. I might watch this again. So, you know, sometimes I'll have a sleep and I'll soften up a bit, and other times I'll be uh, not softened up at all, and I'll go on a rant about yo. So, uh, you know, I'm fine. It, it, the match was too good for me to be like, Mr. I'm going to drop trowel and take a big duke. Hey, so. you just think about this. You do soften up over time because there was a time when, because Sonata almost won, that match versus Che a couple times, you would have been really mad about that. <laughs> so that is true. It's just funny because uh, the Okada Jay White match, if Okada had a one, which is what I was expecting, I was all prepared for it, and I was like, you know what? I've loved this match. It looks like it's time for it to end. Okay, I understand. It's the 50th anniversary, <laughs> and yeah. But I think you, you're right though. Sonata would not have been like that Okada exception that I made. I would have been like, fucking Sonata. <laughs> Oh, you definitely, you're absolutely 100% correct. Uh, yeah, let my uh, New Japan bias their show. But, yeah, 
I make no secret for being a, a, a Jaguar. But uh, that's a good match. Zack Sabre Jr. on two, Kenta on zero. And next we have D-block action. It's Shingo Takagi versus Rockard. <laughs> Juice Robinson. What do you think, Luke? This is our, our first chance of seeing, really. I mean, we saw him in that triple threat or whatever, or four-way or whatever <laughs> it was. But, I mean, this is like the first singles Japanese match for rock hard Juice Robinson. What do you think? I'm going to make you laugh with the start of my notes for this because my start of my notes is like, I've still got my arms crossed. And, yes, then uh, I get the rebuke from Mr. Andy, and I'm just like, Fine, I'll watch this match. Yeah, that's pretty good to start off with. But then I, I'm sitting there being fucking Mr. Dower grumpy motherfucker. And then I see Shingo turn the pop friction into a Noshigami. And then I was just like, oh, man, that was fucking cool. And I ex- I don't know what I expected from a Japanese juice, like a bolt club. Maybe I expected a bit more cheating. I do believe he maybe grabbed the tights once or something like that. This move, this match is fucking rough as guts. These guys punch the shit out of each other. Juice is, I like the the cocky kind of bullet club personality that he has now, but I didn't expect this match to be just so, I don't know, maybe I just expected more heel cheaty bullet club stuff, but this is hard hitting awesome shit. Shingo's bumping like a maniac for Juice too. And I don't know, I like this Juice. I like Juice in the G1. I've missed G1 juice. Uh, I, I would... <laughs> this show is sponsored by G1 juice. It is right. amazing. Yeah. You don't, <laughs> don't, you know, the, use the recommended amount, not two scoops, just one. Trust me. Like juice hits one pulp friction. You're just like, oh shit. The crowd's like, oh, but he takes a little too long to cover. Man, there's more back and forth. Juice just, and then juice hits another one. And I think, does he pick him up for a second? I can't remember. All, all I remember is just seeing these two big burly men just having awesome strike fest. And the finish is weird. Everything. Yeah, tell, tell us about it. So, like, on the finish, they're punching each other. A lot of punching because, like, we know Shingo has that one punch he does. And, you know, obviously Juice is known for the, the left know, several left-hand punches, you know. But it's uh, so a lot of that. Come on, we get these punches. And then there's this weird finish where, like, Juice looks like he's look he's like gonna do like a like a burning hammer type move. Like he's gonna put Shingo up on his shoulders upside down so Shingo's facing up, but then he just like doesn't. And he does a pulp friction and he and he wins. And it's like, what? So it's like I don't know, it's like he didn't do a move he was gonna do. Like he was about to do a burning hammer and then just was like, no, nah, I'm gonna put you down and hit this move. So I don't know what happened there. That was weird, but that was like the only weird part of the match, like as far as that goes. Maybe it was a thing like uh, maybe it was a press for time thing, and Richie was just like, "Hey, we're gonna wrap this up or something." I don't know, but I feel like it's a really good match from start to finish. It's like it, they do try for an interesting finish here too, but you're right; it does feel like there should have been maybe another double down or another kick out or a kick out at one before another left hand got a pop friction something or something. Missing. But, yeah, something messy. Yeah. It, yeah, still a good match, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, what both these men can do after that. I do like the uh, the fact that all right, last night we're like, all right, Tanahashi lost. 
we're in the final match now. All right, Akata's going to win, setting the crowd home happy. And then, then tonight, it was uh, it was the other way around. So uh, I do like that they're playing with the fans and stuff as well too. So we've had two nights, oh, two nights of the G1 Climax 32, and I would say they're both fucking great. Welcome, welcome back, summertime G1. Hell yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I don't know which show is better. I mean, I really like them both. Um, night two had Taichi versus Ishii. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe, maybe, that, maybe that gives you the edge in my mind. But I got to say the main event of Okada versus Cobb was just insane. light yeah. years ahead of Shingo versus Juice in my mind. Shingo versus Juice was very good, but it was like a middle of the card. It was like your your second you know, G1 match, like, ah, oh, that was pretty good. Yeah, what's next? You know, but it was the main event. So, and and I'm interested to see if Juice can take it to that next level because I don't know, man, like, I like him. He's a great character. I've just always been kind of mad on his him as a, like, in-ring. Like, I've always been like, yeah, he's fine. Kind of like Hanare. It's like... I feel yeah, like that's what they turned Juice you know? feel. I feel like they did as much as they could with face Juice. So right. I feel like that's maybe why they've turned him heel. See if we can get something else out of him and, and maybe another side and see how we go with that. So far, I like it. There's potential there. I'm interested. Let's see how. Let's see where we go. Yeah. Definitely. But you know how how does that translate into his wrestling style? And that's we saw a little bit of that. However, this was a Shingo match, so definitely. you know he was gonna do what you know that's what we did as a Shingo match here. So. It's like 100 miles an hour, and it's kind of like there's not as much time, I think, to show character stuff, maybe. Although there was a fun part where he did, like, pull the tights. But, like, Red Shoes was like, no, I'm not counting. I see that. Red Shoes was like, what are you doing? I'm right here. And there was also a really funny part, too, where, like, um, Shingo's going for a sliding D, but Juice just rolls out of the way. And so Shingo looks at the ref like, come on, DQ him. He's not allowed to get out of the way or something like that. <laughs> it's weird. So this match was fun. I, I enjoyed it. But which was your favorite night uh, uh, so far, Luke? Uh, one. I, I feel I feel like one was just a tiny little bit more consistent. But, you know, I had a great time both nights. Uh, I, if I gave the edge to the second night, it's probably because uh, Charity Michelle joined me for the tourney matches and uh, they were around for that. So, you know, wrestling's always better with others. So I had uh, you on the uh, on the on the Tweety slash the Facebook chat, and I had the I had the ladies join me for the tourney matches. So you know, you can't have a bad time watching wrestling with others. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I know night night two had. Ishitaichi, which actually might be my favorite match so far uh, for tournaments, but I do like Sonata J. Uh, Akata Cobb is just absolutely insane. And Osprey ELP was just. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. That was awesome. But, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we got to make sure we have all of these ranked. So at the end, we can like have every match ranked and which ones and, you know, we think are the best. And then we'll have each night ranked as well as each main event. So like we'll have each night ranked, but then we'll also have like, so which main event was the best? And then we'll have which semi main was the best. So we're going to have a lot of lists at the end of this uh, G1. I hope you guys are ready for this So because I got all the spreadsheets. 
more like our list at the end of the end of the show will be like, what was Chompy's best riff moment? I <laughs> remember when he slapped evil. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be you know which Yano match. We usually will talk about that. You know, Yano and and uh, whoever he's got amazing chemistry with this year. You know, because I'm sure it'll be somebody new. But I don't know, man. I'm excited for the G1. We have a I feel like him and Tom Lawler are gonna be a really oh, fun, silly time. That will be fun. And I'm ready to soften up on him. I just. Mm-hmm. I just haven't seen it yet. I'm still ready, you know. Oh. Um, yeah. So coming up, uh, the schedule's weird because there's like one show on Wednesday, and then That's they Saturday, start up, yeah. and and then like Saturday or Friday or something like that, and then they have a couple in a row. So we still are in this kind of like honeymoon, you know, time where we're just kind of like, okay, we're going to easily be able to handle these shows coming up. Um, but then it's going to start to get serious. So if you got time, make sure you get caught up before this weekend, because then it's going to get, you know, real, real quick and hot and heavy, as they say, hot action. <laughs> I hate that. We have a local local uh, federation and they always say local wrestling coach they go the action's hot in the ring and it's like what are you saying stop saying See that, that. that that's what you should do mr andy you should have the fucking max and max mu- music come out then then what you say you know do you want climax 32 and then just yeah. chop in uh it's amazing. No, I'm sorry. I'm giving you my wife to do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I am not putting time into that. But yes, I. I Hell no. We can, that you can imagine. Imagine putting time like. into Gijiro's theme tune, and right. no one wants to do that. Uh, I understand. But uh, you know, I'm glad I said it, and it was funny. You know, we can imagine. Imagine imagining. Oh, we're fancy, done. Fancy, First night. Fancy dream booking. That's what. That's right. Well, that's more in the nightmare book. <laughs> yeah it's like was it, uh, my my uh, fantasy nightmare book for noah was that okay so so fucking muda he he loses to everybody right but his last match is against keno for the championship and he wins and then he says i'm not retiring and he turns heel <laughs> i got a lot left in the tank <laughs> it's what i do yeah oh my happen. god yeah, I feel like hiring uh, someone like Michael Elgin isn't even from the Fantasy Nightmare book. It's no. from the uh, it's from the book that uh, you know someone uses as toilet paper. As, uh, fantasy dumb person yeah. book. <laughs> the fantasy that poop. One. Yeah. Fantasy poop. Oh man, I just want to re- him poop. again because he's a gigantic asshole. And yeah, I legit like I just playfully make fun of Makabe because it's fun. But uh, he's a legit fucking jerk-off. So, yeah, fuck Michael Elgin. Also, let's leave on a really good note. In, I don't know, it's G1 season. There's a lot to juggle. I feel like he's going to manage it. He's going to pull out something special. So let's bring it back. Uh, In Gato, we trust. Bridget Dangerous Suplex Luke! 